Hello, and welcome to Nutmegged, a Premier League podcast. Every week, we break down the latest matches, cover off-field drama, and inevitably discuss VAR. I'm Jackie. And I'm Josh. If you enjoy our show, subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter at NutmeggedPod or our website, nutmeggedpodcast.com. Please rate and review the show on your preferred platform to help other listeners find us. Hi, and welcome back. Thanks for joining us for our Match Day 2 preview. We have a full slate of games this weekend with both Manchester teams back in the competition after the delayed start. I'm going to ask Jackie what she thinks the outcome of each match will be, and then we'll get into a few key topics on each game. So let's begin with Everton versus West Brom. What are you most looking for in this game? Yeah, I think um, I want to see more of that midfield that they had last week at Everton. With Alan, James, and Ducore, I think they played really well together in the first game. So I want to see how they do again. And yeah, I think if they can continue, if especially James, continue to create. But if Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison can finish a few more of their chances, then I think it'll be a pretty comfortable win. Do, do you think there's anything West Brom can do to cause an upset here? You know, they've got a new couple of new players coming in. Maybe you can touch on those. Will they help? Sure. I think it'll be too easy for the... Too early, rather, sorry, for the new acquisitions. Um, Branislav Ivanovic has made his Premier League comeback. Uh, Chelsea legend, who's mm-hmm. now 36 or 37. Um, be very curious to see how he does. He was you know, a legendary right back for us, but he slowed down quite a bit. So it'll be interesting. Um, but he's amazing and can do what he wants at this point. Mm-hmm. And then Connor Gallagher, I think, is a really great signing for them on loan from Chelsea. He's 20. He's a really promising young midfielder who will give them a lot of energy and a lot of attacking drive. However, I'd be surprised to see either of them at least start this weekend because they just joined in the last day or two um, and wouldn't have trained with the team much or anything. I think it'll be tough for West Brom. I think this whole season will be tough for West Brom. But absolutely anyone, I think, can pull off an upset in the Premier League. I think they need to be solid defensively and then just try to take their chances when they get them. Um, Everton looked... Very good last weekend, but they obviously still have weaknesses, and I think you can target their defense a little bit. So there's always a chance, but um, I would expect an Everton win. And I don't think that West Brom are going to find it any easier going forward. They're playing Chelsea next weekend. I want to ask you again, do you think that they're destined for relegation, or is there anything they can do this season to stay up in the Premier League? I do think they're probably favorites for relegation. I don't think they would argue that either, or their fans, but... It's always something you can do, I think. If you're solid defensively and just make yourselves hard to beat, that's half the battle. I do worry that they don't have enough attacking firepower and will find goals hard to come by. But if they're solid defensively and they can work on that, then there's always a chance. So see, it seems like the best you think they can hope for is maybe a draw out of this week and one point to carry them forward. Never say never. Okay, let's keep going. (laughs) Leeds versus Fulham. Yes. How's that game going to play out? I'm going to predict another home win for Leeds. Um, I think they'll just have too much for Fulham. And yeah, I just hope they're as fun to watch as they were last weekend. Do you think that Leeds is a team that Fulham should be able to compete against? They both got promoted. I think it'll be a closer game than perhaps you'd expect, but Leeds did win the league last year. They had the best defensive record in the championship. I think Fulham were a little bit surprised to get promoted. So I think Leeds should have too much, but it, yeah, Fulham should know how to compete with them and we'll have experience playing them and playing Bielsa's team and his style. So I don't think it'll be a route or anything. 
Okay, so this is interesting because we're already only two weeks in and it sounds like some teams are already starting to separate themselves. Remind us, going back to last year, how many weeks were we into the season before the teams really started to separate themselves and before we could tell who the winners were going to be versus the losers? Yeah, I would say give it about six weeks. It's still too early to tell, even though you know the press will get really excited and people will start running away with ideas like, you know, Arsenal winning the league because they've had a few good games. And maybe they will. I'm not saying they won't. But um, I think it takes, you know, six, eight games to really figure out who's doing well or who just had a few favorable fixtures up front. Um, it also is kind of unique this year with the transfer window being open till October. Most of these teams aren't even settled yet. Um, I know speaking as a Chelsea fan, they, half the team isn't even ready yet. Um, so things will look very different in just another month or two. And I think that's the same for a lot of teams. And after Leeds' really strong start last weekend, if Fulham wins this weekend, what went wrong for Leeds? Well, I would just remind you that Leeds did, in fact, lose that game last weekend. So they did play well. I think a lot of people were excited by them, but I wouldn't get wildly carried away because they currently have zero points. Um, but I do think they played well and they'll be a good addition to the league. But I think defensively, they're definitely vulnerable. Liverpool scored four goals against them last weekend. Um, they made mistakes. They gave up two penalties. So if Fulham are more compact and solid and kind of hit them on the break, there's certainly a chance that they can hurt them. Uh, Fulham didn't score anything against Arsenal. No. Do you think they will score against Leeds? I think if Mitrovic starts and plays, I think he wasn't quite fit to start last weekend. I'm not sure the status on him is, but he's their starting striker. I think obviously not having him fit from the start last weekend really hurt them. They didn't have much of an attacking outlet, even when they did get forward and did put crosses into the box. There wasn't really anyone there to finish. So I think obviously they have a much better chance. It sounds obvious to say, you know, if their striker plays, they could score. But I do <laughs> think that's the case. Right. OK, let's keep going. United versus Crystal Palace. Yeah. It's United's first game of the season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think United is going to come out strong or do you think it's going to be a tough game for them? I don't think it'll be an easy game. Crystal Palace are a good team. I thought they looked pretty good last weekend. Um, they actually beat United in this same fixture last season. I think United have just the better players overall. But um, yeah, I'll be curious to see how fit they look and how kind of ready they look because by the end of their Europa League campaign in August, I thought their starting 11 particularly looked really tired. Um, some of the stars they've been relying on, like Bruno Fernandes, Rashford, Martial, they looked very tired. So hopefully they've all had a good rest, but I'll be curious to see if they pick right up from, you know, restart where they were kind of explosive or if they still look a little bit sluggish. And for bonus points, do you think Maguire and Greenwood are going to play in this game? Maguire, definitely. He's still their captain. They don't have a ton of depth at center back. I think he'll absolutely play, start, play the whole game. Um, Ole is kind of publicly standing by him, so I think there's no question there. Greenwood, I'm curious to see what happens. He's obviously very young. He's a very good player, but he has made some mistakes publicly. His behavior has been a little bit uh, less than desirable. If I were the manager, I would be tempted to kind of teach him a lesson and maybe leave him out for a game or two. Um, but I think he'll at least come on, if not starch. I think they lack depth enough that, with no disrespect intended to Dan James, for example, if he were going to start just to teach Greenwood a lesson, I think it would significantly hurt the team. Um, and so I expect they'll both play. Okay. And I didn't ask you outright at the beginning. What's the outcome of this game going to be? I think it will be a United win, but I think Crystal Palace will give them a tough game. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Mishi Batuai score. 
All right. Arsenal versus West Ham. Yes. Do you think this is an easy win for Arsenal? Yes. <laughs> Do you Sorry. think they'll win by more than three goals like they did last week? I think it could be three or four again. I uh, Arsenal have had very nice opening two fixtures. Um, you know, I'd like to see West Ham kind of show some fight. Last week they just looked like they weren't even trying. It was really, really poor. And they just looked kind of demoralized. Hopefully that will kind of spur them on to play better this week. And do you think anything could happen in this game to change the narratives about the two teams? Obviously, if West Ham draws or or wins, I half believe all of the hype around Arteta. I'm not fully convinced (laughs) yet because I think he needs to be better over a longer period of time. What about the hype around his hair? Because he has beautiful hair. He's a beautiful man. It it just doesn't move. (laughs) Um, no matter how much gel I put in my hair, it doesn't stay the same way <laughs> as, as his. Um, what could happen to change the narrative if it's not an upset? Could you know a West Ham player have an outstanding performance? Could William fall off? What would change the narrative coming out of this game? Sure, I think um, you know unless Arsenal put in a really terrible performance with a ton of kind of old Arsenal characteristic defensive mistakes and, you know, if Aubameyang, God forbid, got hurt, like something like that would be a bad day for Arsenal. Otherwise, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll win. But if it's, you know, closer than they expect, it's not going to hurt their season. However, I would be curious to see if they play a back three again. Um, this is a game where I think if they did, it would seem quite defensive of Arteta and I would wonder if he'd maybe be criticized for just playing it really safe against a team like West Ham, kind of how he did against Fulham. Um, it's definitely helped their defensive solidity, but I wonder at what point is it kind of too safe. For West Ham, I think their fans just want to see them show a little fight. I think they just want to see the players trying. I think they want to see, um, you know, just, yeah, some desire, some fight. Who do you have in your fantasy team? From Arsenal or West Ham, if, if anyone. No one from West Ham, and that's not even a slight towards the way they're playing, but just the fact that they have a nightmare schedule right up until, I think, November. They're playing really, you know, top teams, so I just didn't go with anybody from West Ham. Arsenal, I have Aubameyang, and I have Leno in goal because he's priced pretty well. He's, I think, only $5 million, and I think they'll keep some clean sheets. And, yeah, he's just my, my top pick for a goalkeeper. Okay. And, and I set you up for that one because I knew you had a couple of Arsenal players. <laughs> I, I forgot to pause on that topic for the earlier games because I know that you don't have many players from those games. <laughs> but for the benefit of the listeners... Because you cheat and copy my team. But, but uh, well, yes, I, 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 <laughs> I can't deny that. Uh, but, but maybe for the benefit of the listeners, let's circle back. Sure. Everton, West Brom, Leeds, Fulham, United, Crystal Palace. Anyone rapid fire from those teams that you have to have in your fantasy team this weekend? I'm going to be a hypocrite because I don't have him, but I think Bruno Fernandes is a good option. I just couldn't afford him. Um, He's well-earned. He will have him. Yep, he's he's a good player, but more importantly, he takes their penalties. And I'm being a little bit snarky because the, the joke is that United get way too many penalties, but it is a fact. They win a lot of penalties, whether it's legal or not. <laughs> um <laughs> But no, he always converts them. So I think he's a good option to have. Um, Greenwood, I think, is still a pretty good kind of budget option. I think he's about 7.5. So he's one I'm looking at for future weeks. I just wasn't sure if he would start this week. Um, Crystal Palace, I was looking at Batshuayi, but I didn't put him in quite yet. And Leeds, I have Ailing, their 4.5 million right back. 
Okay, no one from Everton's new midfield trio. Not yet, just because I can't afford them at the moment. Um, I was considering Calvert-Lewin actually up top, but I went with Jimenez from Wolves. Okay, so just to summarize, because we got a little bit off topic there, you think Arsenal is going to pretty handily beat West Ham this week? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Southampton versus Spurs. Ooh, yes, interesting. Do you think that Southampton will win their first game? Do you think Spurs will look... Win their first game? <laughs> as sluggish as they did last week to allow Southampton to win their first game? What's going to happen here? Oh, Spurs are really interesting at the moment. They're kind of just such a toss-up. They were way more sluggish and just bad last weekend than I expected. And then they went to Bulgaria in the Europa League um, on Thursday and just barely beat... Very a team I've never heard poor of. Poor Bulgarian team. Yeah, they had to have two players sent off and win a penalty and win at the last minute. Um, and it was most of their starting lineup. So it's they're looking really, really bad. I think Southampton have a good chance. Um, Spurs desperately need some creativity. The, the big news this week and, you know, hopefully some optimism for Spurs fans is that Gareth Bale is returning from Real Madrid on a one-year loan. And Sergio Reguilon is coming as well from Real Madrid. Um, he was part of the Sevilla team that won the Europa League recently. I think they're very interesting acquisitions. I'm just not sure they're... Reguilon, I think, is what they need. They need another left back, and I think he'll be good. The worry there is that because of this buyback clause, he'll be good, and Real Madrid will just take him right back in two years. But I think short-term, he'll be great for them. The Gareth Bale one, I think, is really interesting because he was and I think still is a great player. But I'm not sure he's exactly what they need. They have Son. They have Harry Kane. They have decent, fast-forward players. He'll add to that, and he will obviously score some spectacular goals. But he has a pretty tough injury record. He hasn't played regularly for about two years. And I just still think they really need some creativity. I think they've really suffered since... Musa Dembele and Christian Eriksen left, and Eriksen kind of fell off his best before he left. Um, and nothing I've seen so far from Spurs suggests they have a real solution to that. Giovanni Lo Celso, I think, is probably their most creative midfielder, and he didn't play against Everton, but did play in Bulgaria, and they still just look like they're not creating much. So it's it's a concern. I don't really know what to expect from Spurs right now, and I think Southampton can give them a pretty good game. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm sure, you know, I keep going back to this because I liked it so much, but we just finished watching All or Nothing. <laughs> and I'm sure that the Spurs chairman, Dan Levy, would have loved to have the comeback story of, of Gareth Bale yeah, it on TV like if he, he could have put it on. Sounds like he's driving that that move, and I think it'll be really interesting. But uh, see okay, how it so goes. It's expensive. They're still covering half his salary, which is astronomical. And, and it would make him, I think, the highest player on Spurs, potentially, or oh, close to Oh, by far, highest it. paid, yeah. By far, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I wonder if that's going to cause some more conflict in the dressing room, the kind that Jose likes to egg on. <laughs> Probably. Historically, it seems like when Jose Mourinho has been brought in to help a team or fix a team, it's been relatively short-term, but he's had success. Mm -hmm. And then some would say he's left the teams in disarray when he's moved on. <laughs> some would say. Many would say. <laughs> The, the last couple of teams he's been on, United and now Spurs, that success hasn't come as quickly as many would have expected. Mm -hmm. Has something changed? Is he not the coach that he was? Yeah, I mean, I think he would argue that he had success at United, to be fair to him and to them. They did 
come second to City in the year that City were incredibly dominant. They did win the Europa League, and I think they won maybe a League Cup. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's, so they won, you know, I, some I mean so-called minor trophies, but they didn't win the league or Champions League or some of the things that he's done in the right, past. That's what I was alluding to. Yeah, so um, I think there's a couple of factors. I think he is past his best as a manager. I think when he started and when we loved him at Chelsea, although he he lost me pretty quickly. Um, but in his first spell at Chelsea specifically, he was this young kind of fun sarcastic, really um, just interesting manager who came in. He was kind of young and handsome, and he said all the kind of stuff he still says, but with a wink and a smile, and he didn't seem quite as sinister a character (laughs) as he does now. (laughs) Um, There was much more of a sense of fun to him, and the players really liked him at the the time. And I think he built up a really, really strong team spirit at the first, you know, three or four teams he went to. And kind of built like an us against them mentality and really had the player. He was kind of one of them. He was like a young, cool manager who was one of the boys. And his tactics, I think, paid off really well. He made his teams incredibly strong defensively, and he had a lot of success at, however, his second spell at Chelsea, he basically left the team, as they said in their statement, in palpable discord. Um you know, he was openly really critical of players, of the staff, of the team, you know, screamed at the team doctor publicly. He was just generally miserable. Um, and just the mood around the team was just awful. And the players looked like they didn't want to be there and they didn't play well. And it was just, I mean, it was just miserable. So he seems to be kind of continuing that. At He could definitely continue that at United and seems, again, at Spurs to kind of want to foster this really combative um, just unpleasant vibe at the clubs. And I, I think he thinks it's like tough love and you're making the team into fighters. But I think, not to be too generalistic, but it doesn't really work with these kind of millennial players who are used to not being coddled, but having a more positive reinforcement type of environment. He seems to be a lot less tactical and a lot more man management focused now. And again, I think football's moved towards a more tactical perspective where managers like Pep and Klopp are really, really technically good and really specific with what they want their teams to do. And I think he's just kind of an old-fashioned manager compared to some of the ones who are really successful these days. I still think he can really, really focus on one game and set up really well for one game to win that game. But over the course of a season, I think his methods just kind of get old. Maybe he doesn't have the energy to do that every week anymore. <laughs> yeah. that, that's a big fall from grace. I remember when we first visited Stamford Bridge and did the Chelsea Museum tour, they had uh, his old desk and even a scarf that he wore on the sidelines or something like that. There was a real homage to him. And as you said, you know, he, he left the, te- the team on pretty bad terms later on. Okay, so... Southampton Spurs. You think Spurs will win, or do you think Southampton will manage to pull off a draw, or even win? I'll predict a draw. Okay. Newcastle Brighton. I would say last week Newcastle played pretty well, mm-hmm. but they were playing West Ham. Yep. I'd say Brighton played pretty well, but they were playing Chelsea. Yeah. And so you saw Newcastle win, and you saw Brighton lose. Is this team pretty evenly matched? What's going to happen? This weekend. Yeah, I think this will be a surprisingly good game. It's not a glamorous one on paper, but Newcastle looked to be improved. The new signings, I think, have fit in really well. And 
look like smart acquisitions. And I think Brighton are going to be a lot better than people think. I think um, Graham Potter's a good manager. I think they have some really good players. Lamptey's been especially impressive. And I think they played really well against Chelsea. And the scoreline was perhaps a little harsh on them. Okay. And so you think Brighton is going to win this game? Newcastle's going to win? I could see a draw in this one. I think Newcastle looked pretty cohesive so far. And Brighton have played well, but they lack a really consistent goal scorer. So I could see it being a draw. Okay. You're seeing a lot of draws this week. Do you do you believe there are going to be a lot of draws? Are you, hedging. Are you hedging a little <laughs> yeah. bit? Yeah. Just no, I think safe. this will be a pretty close game. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. Uh, Chelsea versus Liverpool. Yes. This is the game that... I do that not think this will be a draw. This, this this is one of two games I think most people are most looking forward to this weekend. The Other one, than me. The one that you are probably most dreading this weekend as a pretty big Chelsea fan. <laughs> Tell me what you are afraid of or excited about for this game. First word would be Kepa. He has conceded from nine of the last 13 shots he's faced. That's a pretty. So if I'm Liverpool, I'm shooting from kickoff. Just, just shoot. It's, uh, yeah, it's a shame because I think this could be a really, really good game if it came in like another month when Chelsea had Ziyech, Chilwell, Thiago Silva, hopefully a new keeper, basically the the bulk of the new Chelsea ready. Pulisic, who gave them a lot of trouble in July, scored and assisted against them. Just a cameo off the bench. Um, he's not going to be fit. It looks like so. It's kind of a shame that Chelsea won't have their real team ready for this game. I think it should be probably a pretty comfortable Liverpool win just because they're already a really good team. They're already really cohesive. They had a little bit more of a preseason, and I just don't think Chelsea are anywhere near ready for it. And I think with Kepa, they could even play really well and still just concede you know, an easy goal or two. So I think it's a tough ask, but I hope they play well, and it's all you can really hope for. Yeah, that, that's a scary t- statistic, the 9 out of 13. It's effectively a, a 30% safe percentage. I know <laughs> last week you were telling the listeners about how Kepa had something like a 50% percentage last season, and that was among, was if not the actual worst yeah. in Europe. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he's gotten worse. It's a, sh- it's a small sample size, but you don't have a lot of confidence that he's going to get better for this big game when you know the, no. the last game against Liverpool, the 5-3, was um, maybe a, a negative turning point in his confidence. Yeah, level. I think that was a low point for him. You could hear the defense screaming Kepa when he didn't save a pretty easy through ball. Um, yeah, I have. I don't want to kick him while he's down because it seems like he has no confidence in himself, but I have no confidence. And it's going to be too early, for unfortunately, for Mendy to join, even though it looks like he's going to join from Wren. But I would prefer Caballero because he's at least sort of reliable in goal. That was my next question. You hadn't even broached the possibility of Caballero. I wasn't sure if you'd almost closed the door on that. He did replace Kepa mm-hmm. for portions of last season. Why wouldn't Frank Lampard play him first? He's not a better goalie, and then I think Kepa has a he has higher better, higher ceiling. He's, he has to be a better performer at this stage. Yeah, I think he's a more reliable performer. Um, I think the only reason Frank wouldn't, because he showed that he's willing to bring in Caballero, I think the only reason he wouldn't is because, A, it would, again, kill Kepa's confidence, and they seem to be trying to sort of get him back. And I think, B, if they're trying to sell him or loan him out at some point, you have to try to get him to improve and show a little bit to basically put him on the market. Okay. My, my bolder prediction for this game is that Caballero will start okay. and Chelsea will at least draw with Liverpool. Yeah, but you thought Fulham would beat Arsenal, so... Yeah, but that was, that was <laughs> half-joking. I'm is, even less confident. This is a little more informed. Sounds good to me, but I have nightmares of 
Mane and Salah just shooting from 40 yards out and them just flying past Kepa. <laughs> yeah, that, that could happen. It's happened before and it's, it's probably going to happen it's again. It's happened, yep. Hopefully Kepa regains his confidence at some point, but I think that he probably should sit this game out if, if I were the one calling the shots. Yeah, I might as well just play an extra defender. Well, I am putting my money where my mouth is. In my fantasy team this week, I have Reese James and Kante and Timo Werner. Okay, yeah. So. The, the real bright spark, I think, against Brighton was Werner. He looks really sharp, really fit, ready for the season. So hopefully he can score. Okay. Anything else you want to say on Chelsea and Liverpool? Or you just want to skip that game and, and move on? And we'll talk about it if somehow Chelsea does something <laughs> better than we expected. We'll talk about it regardless. But yeah, I, I think it'll be a Liverpool win. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to Leicester versus Burnley. I'm interested to hear your views on this game. Leicester beat West Brom 3-0 last week. Two of those goals came from penalties. Do you think that their midfield creativity, which was an issue last season, is something that's going to be fixed this year? Is that something we can expect to see this week? I don't think midfield creativity was an issue last year, per se. It just They had Madison out for a long period of time, um, who is their main creative threat. He seems to be coming back. He came on as a sub last weekend, so I think as long as he's fit, he'll be okay. And do you also agree? Do you think that Leicester is going to win this game? I think they'll win, but it'll be much less comfortable than it was last week. And I could easily see Burnley pulling off a draw or a win, too. They're a much better team than West Brom. They'll give them much more of a threat. And one thing to look out for is that Leicester are playing with kind of a makeshift defense. Ricardo Pereira's out. They sold Joel. So they have Castagna, who had a great debut, but he's obviously just joined the team. James Justin was playing at left back. Johnny Evans is out so he um, from his red card at the end of last season. So... Indeed, he actually dropped back into center defense. So it's a pretty makeshift back four. You could see Burnley being much more able to exploit that than West Brom were. And this is Burnley's first game of the season. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to touch on about Burnley that we didn't talk about last week? No, I think they should be pretty fit. Um, I don't think Sean Day should let the fitness levels drop. And they've had more of a preseason than most teams because they didn't have any European competition. So they should be in good shape. Burnley haven't made any major signings. Their team is pretty much the same as it was last year. Mm-hmm. Do you think that will have any implications this week, negative or positive? I don't know about this week in particular. I think, if anything, it'll help for the first week because they'll be a cohesive unit. They can kind of just pick up where they left off. I do think, however, it'll have long-term implications, especially over this really packed season. I think their squad depth is pretty weak, and if you know members of their starting eleven start getting hurt or just exhausted, I think they could really struggle. Let's move on to Aston Villa versus Sheffield United. Aston Villa have had a pretty big week in terms of play-in news. They've signed Jack Grealish to a long-term deal, and they've also taken in Martinez from Arsenal, who will now be their starting goalie. What do you think will happen this week? Sheffield United is trying to rebound from a surprisingly weak game last week. Mm -hmm. How do you think this one will play out? I think it will depend if uh, Ollie Watkins hits the ground running. Villa could have a very different looking team. He's their new striker signed from Brentford from the championship. Um, I think Grealish re-signing with Villa is probably the best news their fans could have hoped for. He's their most important player, their captain, their star. So that kind of gives just a jolt of energy to the team right off the bat. If Watkins can fit in, I think they'll look a lot stronger because they really lacked a reliable goal scorer last season. Um, hopefully Dean Smith has continued the kind of defensive resurgence that 
they showed a little bit past the restart, and the defense was a lot stronger. It looked like he had worked with them more. So I'm curious to see Villa. They've made some changes. They have a new right back. They have a new striker. They have a new goalkeeper, who's a very good goalkeeper. So hopefully they're looking a bit stronger than they were just hanging on at the end of last season. And Sheffield United? Sheffield United were surprisingly poor against Wolves, at least in the first half. They came back in the second half quite a bit, but the game was kind of past them by then. Um, they're such a well-organized, well-drilled team. I think they should be fine against Villa, but I do think that Sheffield United will find it harder this year. Okay, so I'm going to hold you to a judgment here. Aston Villa versus Sheffield. United. United. I always say Sheffield, <laughs> and I know that's Sheffield Wednesday, and I just forget, and for all you Sheffield Wednesday fans out there, I apologize. Sheffield United. Yes. Is this game, if you had to pick a winner, can't go with draw, who wins this game? Sheffield United. Okay. Is that your real view, or did you just say that because I'm making you pick a winner? Both. So you think it could be a draw? No, I'm going <laughs> to stick to my guns. Sheffield United. Okay. All right. They'll bounce back from the last game. Okay, let's keep going. Wolves versus Man City. This one, I think, is probably the second big game of the weekend that people are most looking forward to. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Wolves have some momentum. Mm -hmm. They came out of, we just talked about it, they came off a good win last week. Yeah. You know, I think, unlike some other teams, they probably have a level of confidence playing against Man City right now, given they beat them twice last year, which yep. not many teams can say. This is also Man City's first game this week, uh, sorry, this season. Break it down for us. I think Wolves will look to defend and hit City on the counter, which has been really effective for them in the past. I think they have to get Traore and Jimenez on the ball. Um, particularly Traore gave City a ton of trouble last year, so I think they need to have him on the right, targeting the left side of City's defense, which has been a weakness in the past. They don't really have a settled left back. They've used Zinchenko. They've used... Delph at times in the past, they've used, I mean, it's just Mendy's technically their left back, but he's never fit. Um, so I think Triari really needs to target that space. And it'll be interesting to see who presumably they play with Laporte at center back. Ake signed over the summer, but they're both left-footed center backs. So you, I, I could see Ake even filling in at left back. Um, that's definitely a weak part of City's defense that I'm surprised they haven't done more to address yet. Kevin De Bruyne. You mentioned in our preview episode a couple of weeks ago that even though he won the Player of the Season award last season, he's right up there in your rankings for potentially repeating and, and winning again this year. Mm -hmm. Do you expect him to have a great game? Is he locked into your fantasy team, captained, triple captained, whatever, ready to go? He's in my fantasy team. He's not captained. I have Aubameyang captain. You're really bullish on Aubameyang. Well, year. they're playing West Ham. Well, that's true. Um, but no, I think De Bruyne should do well. I don't know if this will be his best game ever, but I think he'll be as good as always. Okay. And do you think this game will be a draw? Or do you think City will win? I think it'll be a City win. I think Pep will really, really, really want to shut people up after they went out of the Champions League with a bit of a whimper. And I think he's going to want to start the season strong, not get off to a bad start and be so far behind Liverpool again. So I will be very worried for the players if they lose this game because I think he will lose his shit. Do, do you think that they might come out in a surprising formation in any way, given that Pep is known to tinker? I think it depends on the fitness of Aguero. I'm not sure if he's fit. I don't think he is. Um, in which case, they'll probably do another false nine kind of situation with Jesus, Bernardo, whoever, Foden, De Bruyne, Sterling kind of interchanging. Um, that's what I would expect. David, maybe David Silva, left <laughs> at the end of last season. Yes. 
Foden is the heir apparent. He's had his behavioral issues. Do you think he's going to play this game? I think if any manager were to teach his player a lesson, it would be Pep. He has enough resources that he could leave him on the bench for this game. So I don't know. We'll see how tough he is. What would you do? If I were Pep, Mm -hmm. I would leave him out of the game. Yeah? I think think Phil Foden is a very good player. And I say this with him on my fantasy team, (laughs) on my bench. Okay. So if he plays, I'll be frustrated. Okay. Um, but I think I'll leave him out of the game just because you've got a couple of really great players, clearly up and coming, who definitely very intentionally stepped out of bounds and broke team rules. Very disrespectful, not just to the team, but to the country they represented and the efforts that the host country put into mitigating COVID and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there have been some really, really great players over time who even after illustrious 10, 20-year careers in the Premier League, John Terry comes to mind. There are always a couple of stories about some misbehavior issues that tend to follow them around even after they've retired. And and you hear people talk about them 20 years on and say, well, he was a great player, but with Mm -hmm. the caveat that one or two things happened. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen again. I'm not saying that these are going to be those long-lasting issues. But I think it's a good opportunity when something like this happens. You know, the coach could could use it to teach the players a lesson and and the players could learn from the mistake and they could make sure that that sort of thing doesn't happen again. Okay, disciplinarian. Um, Yeah, so that's my view. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. My my guess is that actually Greenwood and Foden are both going to play this week and probably score and I'll wish that I had them in my fantasy teams. Okay. But yeah, I I agree with you. I think that Pep is probably more of a disciplinarian than than Ole. You know, we've seen Pep on all or nothing we haven't seen Ole, so who knows <laughs> that that's really my go-to source everyone wow. listening can probably tell all or nothing is where i get most of my football information propaganda documentary yeah um but no i, th- I think they should be disciplined I, i'd be i would be keeping them off the field for at least one game if it were me okay okay so we've gone through each match i was supposed to ask you up front what prediction for each one is and i got a little bit off course along the way So why don't we just quickly summarize the outcome uh, just so we know where we stand. Okay. Everton, West Brom. Everton win. Leeds, Fulham. Leeds win. United, Crystal Palace. United win. Arsenal, West Ham. Arsenal win. See, okay, four wins in a row. And and as we were in the middle of it, I thought you were going for draws on all of them. Okay, four wins in a row. Southampton, Spurs. Draw. First draw. Newcastle, Brighton. Draw. Draw. Chelsea, Liverpool. Liverpool win and Jackie cries. Okay. Liverpool win, Jackie cries, Josh is wrong. Leicester Burnley. Leicester win. Aston Villa and Sheffield United. Sheffield United win. Wolves, Man City. City win. Okay. There you have it. Recorded. You heard it here first. In history, can't be erased. I won't edit those portions out. (laughs) We can hear how wrong I am. And then we'll review them in a few days after the weekend. Okay. Moment of truth. Thanks, everyone, for joining us again. We will speak to you next week. Thank you. If you enjoyed our show, subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter at NutmegPod or our website, nutmegpodcast.com. Please rate and review the show to help other listeners find us. Cheers. Cheers.